Richard Ritchie here with your daily takeaway podcast. And Richie, you'll go along with this. I don't think I'm overselling this. You're about to hear a hometime show that's got literally everything. When I look down at what we what we achieve in the uh, the show you're about to hear, it really does cover everything you would want. And you've got to trust us with this, because we wouldn't say that unless we meant it. Because we know, and you know as well as regular listeners, sometimes the show's terrible. Absolutely There's- terrible. But I'm looking, there's there's really highbrow discussion, there's some retro reminiscing, there's some emotional correspondence. And there are some fantastic tips if you're looking to get into shoplifting. Enjoy the show. This is The Daily Takeaway. I feel a bit stressed because I got absolutely turned over by the kids on the big shop earlier on. You know, sometimes when you, when you kind of go out and do stuff and you're like, you're not prepared and it all kind of goes wrong and you get a bit flustered. So we went and did the big big shop this morning with uh, Thea and Stella, four-year-old, one-year-olds. And I thought they'll they'll enjoy this. They'll I'll give Thea, the older one, the list and she can tick stuff off and, off and go and run and get it and everything. But anyway, it all kind of kicked off. Uh, they're both a bit tired and grumpy. I think all kids are just falling apart a little bit after a, a long school term. But essentially, the, the flashpoint was this, the one-year-old that was sat in the trolley, which I thought would be the kind of plum shotgun position, Yep. wanted to be running around like the four-year-old. Uh, so I was like, and then she started kicking off and crying. Uh, I, I got her uh, some froobs. Are you aware of froobs, yeah, Richie? Yeah, love froobs. Uh, she grabbed hold of one of them and fired it like a confetti cannon all over the shopping. So I had to <laughs> change it up and give her something else. What I ended up doing was uh, grabbing a bag of kind of watsits from the shop, opening them up and then giving them to Stella so that she could eat the crisps whilst going around. Yeah. Uh, with, with the with the proviso then that I was going to pay for it at the end. And uh, I got a kind of weird sense when I was walking around. Like Thea, the four-year-old, who's got a very strong moral compass, essentially told me that we were fugitives and that was a bad thing and it's illegal. <laughs> Isn't that stealing, Daddy, was the phrase. And do you know what? I mean, I've, I've gone and paid for it and everything. We're, we're still fine now. That The police haven't knocked at the door, but... I do wonder whether, is that is that legally okay to, to have stuff and eat stuff as you walk around a shop these days? I've always thought that, like you like you actually did, as long as you pay for it at the at the end, I thought you'd be fine. Like you, I, I guess it does become a little bit harder these days with the scan yourself tills because you've you've got to put it in the weighing thing, and if it's empty, then it's it's gonna it's gonna go. What's going on here? But I thought yeah. if you paid, you were fine. I mean, because obviously I've um, I maybe set the public against me a little bit by my admission on this show a, a couple of weeks back that I always never say or admit to a self-service till that I've got a bag. I've taken a bag. I just take a bag. It's the Andy tax. So maybe this is, I don't know, it's the next step towards something bad happening. Uh, Kay on Twitter says uh, he was uh, told in a certain high street supermarket that he wasn't allowed to use his shopping bag as a basket because it was essentially shoplifting. No. So maybe there's nuances there that we're not even aware of. So Anna Graves has tweeted to say, when I worked at a uh, high street supermarket, we were told during training that what you did, Bush, was technically theft by consumption. And if we saw it, we should alert security immediately. Maybe I am technically a fugitive. It's right actually got a term. People coming for you, Bush. Uh, Mark says it's a standard parental survival tactic. He says, I've never seen a sign in a store that states you cannot eat just as long as you pay for the privilege. I can't believe I turned up without snacks, though. That's like 101 parenting, isn't it? What, what a, a rookie error that is. Just going back to Anna's message from earlier on, though, uh, if you're a, a kid or a teen or a youth looking to put together an emo band, can we suggest Theft by Consumption? It's a great band name. <laughs> 
Uh, Kaz says, I worked at a, uh, again, keep it, you have to come up with another name for these uh, supermarkets, a certain high street brand as a teen, as well as empty crisp packets, etc. I had people hand me over empty banana skins and apple cores. No idea how they expected me to weigh them so that they could pay. It's a good point. <laughs> Dell says, if you're pacifying children... Anything goes. I think that's fair enough. Yeah, I mean, she should have seen the absolute uh, chaos that was going on before I handed her those crisps. It was the only thing that was going to keep her quiet. Let's get further clarification on this from Dan, who's on the line now. Dan, what's your view on it? Uh, well, I worked in a, a supermarket that rhymes with, uh, rhymes with Mazda for quite a long time. <laughs> <laughs> Great. And, uh, <laughs> and yeah, it, it, it's completely fine as long as it's, you know, crisps, drinks, things like that. But, you know, that. Once you start to blur the lines of, of things that are really, really weird to eat, you know, like cold can of baked beans, you know, if you crack open a tin of soup, anything like that, you, you're going straight to the security office and I'm calling the police. <laughs> I mean, for the can of beans, you've got to go in with a camping stove, really. And But then if you've done that and you're still going to pay for it whilst you're in the aisle, but then people are going to give you looks, aren't they? Well, yeah, I mean, you're going you're gonna to get strange looks if you walk into a supermarket with a, with a gas stove in your back pocket, aren't you? But it's not a good look. You, uh, you know, cold baked beans, completely normal. If you, uh, you bring a tin opener with you or you have uh, the branded ones that have got the, the ring pull on them, you know, it can be done. So, Dan, the person earlier on that said that I, I'm technically guilty of, of theft by consumption, are they wrong? That they're out of line then? Yeah, I'm, I'm OK. I'm not technically on the run right now. So, obviously, each supermarket will have their specific rules. However, we were told that it's only theft by consumption if you don't pay. Uh, at that point, I guess I hadn't paid, but it's the moment I cross the threshold and run to the car and screech off down the road, that kind of thing. I mean, yeah, if you, if, if you, if you want to risk your, your entire career on a bag of quavers, mate, that's completely up to you. What a way to go, though. You, what a way to go. Once you step outside the shop, yeah, that's, yeah it's straight to jail, mate. Our careers have been at risk over greater things than that. Absolutely. I mean, we we're always told to never stop people anyway, but, you know, if it's a bag of crisps, so, yeah, I'd, I'd prefer just let you walk, to be honest, and hang your head in shame. Fantastic. Loophole. Good to speak to you, man. <laughs> Cheers, guys. Let's get the intel from ex-law student Sophie, who's on the line. Sophie, your thoughts on this, please? So, it's basically, it's all about intention. So, if you're intending to steal, so obviously behaviour lends itself to that, but it's not, it's not even theft until you leave the, the premises. So, you could literally put it in your jumper and activate furtively and but in the law until you leave the, the, the premises that's when it becomes theft because you're still in the shop you well, so you could walk around the supermarket just filling your jumper up with stuff and then that technically would be fine until you actually get into the tills yeah what you want is like a, a mac and then you want little hooks inside of it and then you put all <laughs> this this shows how highbrow this this home time show actually is. We've got an actual, you know, one time law student giving us giving us our very own like show ruling here. <laughs> but also, you make a good point though, because like you get these trolley bags now with the with the scanners that you get scanning around, where you can actually yeah. they, they fit into the trolley, in goes the shopping, scan it as it goes in. If you were wrong, then they wouldn't be a thing, would they? Well, this is it. So it, I mean, some people try and fiddle those, but that. That's a different matter. But, yeah, as long as you don't leave the store and as long as you pay for it at the end, then, yeah, dance, dance around the line. That's what I'd say. Dance around the line. What a fantastic thing to put on your LinkedIn profile, Sophie. <laughs> what do you do now if you at one time were a law student, you know the kind of small print in terms of whether it's shoplifting or not? What would you do now? 
Uh, so my full-time job is in business development, but I also have a sideline in helping friends get out of traffic fines and parking violations. Wow. <laughs> right, we're going to keep your name on file and your number. That's fantastic. Thanks, Sophie. You're welcome. Bye. Final little thing on this uh, illegality of uh, eating food when you're in shops and whether you pay for it or not. Uh, lovely email into the show from Ingrid, hometime at absoluteradio.co.uk if you want to have your say. She says, guys, uh, it turns out my mum has been taking and eating the chocolates on the counter of a well known coffee shop for about five years thinking they were free. She only realised when I pay for one and she asked me why the hell I was paying. Well, there you go. She's technically on the run too. Love it. That's brilliant. Oh, I might have to give that a try. The Daily Takeaway. Richie's Daily Takeaway. Very much on the cusp of the long Easter weekend. Smack bang in the middle of the two-week school holidays and I went for a little walk in the woods this morning and you can see the kids have still been out doing some of the classic activities. I saw the most amazing den bush that has been built in the woods. Ooh. You've seen the picture as well. It's absolutely fantastic. This isn't this isn't just a small den. There's This is like hours of work that these kids must have... Uh, gone to build all these uh, there's there's a full on roof over what obviously was a natural hollow in the woods and they've they, they've got so many branches across that has made... You, you could you could shelter in that, I would say. I mean, you, you put the photo in our little WhatsApp group. What you're calling, like, an elaborate-looking, you know, mini-house, yes. I see very much as a load of branches over a hole that looks like a trap. <laughs> You've watched too many Roadrunner cartoons. Someone's trying to lure you in there, Richie. I don't know. I think you might have just avoided getting, like, being someone's dinner. Or something. No, I, I tell you what this is. It's because I, my activity during the school holidays when I was a kid, and if I could go back to it now, mid forties, I used to love den making. Den making was the thing to do. Uh, I used to have a mate who lived on a farm, so there was so much stuff on that farm that was just like rife for making a good den. Did you? You must have had like a classic school holiday activity you'd gravitate to. Uh, the, the big thing during school holidays when I was a kid was walkie talkies. We oh, used to yes. love walkie-talkies. I remember like a few kids on our estate had them and it was just like, a, at that time, just this amazing bit of technology. And weirdly now, you only have walkie-talkies if you're like a store security guard going back to the first hour of the show. Do you know what I mean? But I, I, I'd I kill for having a go on a walkie-talkie again now. I think they're brilliant fun. I think walkie-talkies would be acceptable for a mid-40s activity. You could get into sort of like ham radio or something like that. I think making dens is probably a bit more suspicious. Well, I mean, you could use walkie-talkies as you're making dens, just keep each other posted on, you know, (laughs) what what branches you've got or something. (laughs) Uh, If you could transport yourself back to the classic school holiday activity of your youth, what would it be? Jane says, (laughs) I'm not sure this was acceptable back then, certainly isn't now. Jane says going into half-built houses when the builders weren't there, of course. No idea why, but I loved the smell and was fascinated by the unadorned house. Do you know what? This is so weird because I was telling my other half, Katie, about what we used to get up to during summer holidays, school holidays the other day, and we used to go and play in building sites, which is like straight out of a 1970s like government safety advert not to do it. But we yeah. used to go in and out of all the houses that were half-built in Trowbridge, and it was just like a, it was like a whole new world. Again, don't do it because it's really dangerous, but it was different times back then. <laughs> Joanne's suggesting she'd love to go and do a rope swing from a tree bridge right now. Oh. Tree bridge, tree branch. I'm not. Sh- I'm not sure. I trust myself to make a brand new rope swing now. They always snap and fall off, and then you get 250 quid from you being framed. So there's a light at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> that one. Uh, Katie has tweeted about going back to doing apple scrumping, which is the Devonshire phrase for jumping in someone's back garden and stealing fruit. 
<laughs> uh, Matt, what was it you'd love to go back and do? Uh, I used to be on the CB radio all the time and with my friends and we just used to talk and, and had um, handles, what we used to call um, nicknames, which were handles. So my, Matt, can you, can you remember your handle from back in the day? Yeah, Weetabix, because I used to eat <laughs> one of Weetabix every day. How, how many Weetabix, Matt? Mate? Uh, five or six in a go. That's a lot of Weetabix, isn't it? How long have you was, kicked that habit? A uh, long time now. I was only a little slip of a lad, but I could eat Weetabix like no-one else. Wow, what a talent. I don't think the next question breaches any data protection rules, but can you remember the uh, handles of some of your mates from back in the day? Yeah, Kit Kat, Grey Wolf, <laughs> uh, Cornflake. There was loads of them. There wow. was loads of them. I feel like, um, you know, uh, Grey Wolf is, is kind of looking at a different brief there. You guys are just naming foods. Do you know what I mean? He's taking it a bit more seriously. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was my dad. So we was all the kids and we had all food nicknames because we was hungry all the time. Right. And... Uh, my dad was Grey Wolf, so... Um... <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> and what about the codes? Because I remember watching Smokey and the Bandit and everything. There was like a 10-6, Rubber Ducky Convoy, etc. What? Can you remember any of the Absolutely. code words? Yeah, 10-4 was yes. Right. I think I think 10-2 is location. Brilliant. Um, yeah, I can't, I can't remember what else, but I remember those two for some reason. But we, was, we used to love the, the Convoy movie yeah. with um, Chris Christopherson. So good. Matt, absolutely. absolutely priceless. Yeah, thank you. It was good fun. It was good days. Uh, brilliant. Well, listen, Matt, lovely to speak to you. Is there any way you can sign off in the style of if you were on a CB radio talking to your friends, maybe Dark Wolf or Cornflake or whatever? Yeah, I'll probably go. I, um, I'm, I'm uh, signing off now. Wish you all the best, and, and I'll, I'll catch you um, later on. That's great. It's more formal it. than I was expecting, but it's great. <laughs> uh, Gigsy, hanging on, what did you used to do? Uh, so I lived on the outskirts of Exeter back in the mid-1970s, and I'd have been about 10 years old. Uh, the M5 was being built, uh, extended down, and we used to ride our bikes up and down it because the tarmac was lovely and fresh, smooth. Obviously, there was no traffic on it. It was well before it was officially open. And we had at least four weeks of just riding our bikes on the best roads that you could ever imagine. Wow. Now... Bush, you're more of a Devon lad than me, but if, if my memory uh, is correct for driving down that neck of the woods, there's a massive viaduct as well. Surely that was all shut off. Yeah, so the, there's a big viaduct that goes over sort of Topsham and Exminster areas heading down towards Plymouth and Torquay. And, uh, yeah, it was dead exciting riding across that. Love it. A, a veritable a West Country red hand gang. Uh, it seems that listener Matt from earlier on has caused a bit of a storm with his uh, CB radio call sign chat from earlier on. It's reawoken a lot of people who were on the CB radios back in the day. Home time, the number one show for uh, ex-CB radio addicts. Uh, the sign-off was uh, what Matt was uh, struggling with a little bit. Hmm. Uh, this uh, text says, it would be 10-10 till we do it again. Catch you on the flip side. And your, your location is watch at 10-20. How sad am I, says this text. Uh, Matt's sign-off, no offence to Matt, sounded like a polite note to your local councillor. Do you know what I mean? It had that kind of vibe. <laughs> a little podcast extra now with uh, Sarah. Sarah, tell us uh, what was it that you would love to go back to do? Well, we used to, well, I was at boarding school, so we did it in school time too. But um, yeah, my friend and I, we used to um, <clears throat> we used to make rope head collars and just go and jump on other people's horses, riding around the field. I mean, that goes back to the first hour of the show. Is, is that not theft? 
Um, well, we didn't take them out the field. It's a bit like okay. a supermarket thing. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I mean, it's, it sounds like rustling. Is that what you, when you steal cattle, is rustling, but you, you haven't left yeah, the field, I so... Yeah, I away, though. Uh, but my friend, she now lives in Spain, and she works at a quite salubrious golf club, and um, she was still in touch, and she messaged me one time, and she said, I'll never get who came in here today. And his name was Max, this man. Well, he's a man now, but he was a lad. And um, when we were riding the horses, his father used to say, those girls are riding the horses again. Go out and yell at them. What? And it was him. It's like Little House <laughs> on the Prairie, this, isn't it? It really is. You're going out onto the, uh, the front porch. He used to be sent to... We thought he was... We, well, we had a crush on him. He was gorgeous. He was a bit older than us. And we quite liked it when Max would come and tell us off. And we'd just jump off, you know, and leg it. But, um, yeah, that's what we used to do. And... Um, pretty cool it was cool it was fun we, I mean, what would we you what would you say to yourself now sarah if if older you saw younger you um if i saw something i'd, I'd say get go do it it's great i'd do it if i was still eight or ten or however old i was when i did it i'd jump on someone else's well i wouldn't i don't have to anymore but um <laughs> But I've jumped on somebody else's horse and ride around there. Sure, and and you say, Sarah, you don't have to anymore? What do you mean? I used to own horses. I don't anymore. I'm a certain age now, but um, I, I wouldn't jump on a horse bareback now. I'm not that foolish anymore. But, um, yeah, if I, was, if I was young, I would. Sure. Brilliant. Well, congratulations Brilliant. for having a childhood that's very much like Huckleberry Finn or something like that. <laughs> Well, thanks for calling me. This is Bush and Rich's Daily Takeaway. Our show mascot rocking away happily in the corner. Granddad uh, Bush's £10 purchase off Facebook Marketplace. But we're looking for a home for him uh, for the second half of the Easter holidays. It's going to be lonely in here over the long weekend. Uh, let's go to the phones and speak to Nick. Nick, thank you so much for getting in touch with us about taking Granddad for a few days. It's like trying to sort childcare this. Uh, <laughs> Nick, tell us what you would do with Granddad if you had him for a few days during the holidays well chaps west london is granddad's oyster um we can take him to a premier league football match brentford versus newcastle where he can meet not one but two fellow mascots in the delectable buzz and buzzette um we can show him some culture we've got cute goblins on our doorstep um it goes without saying we're going to take him to the pub or take him to local curry house um yeah I, I think Kew Gardens is probably more his scene than a Premier League football match at the moment. He is sat in a rocking chair with moccasins on. Well, look, Grant, he, he's looking very flaky based on the last little bit of photographic evidence that we all saw. But do you know what? There, there may well be life in the old dog. And, you know, what livelier place than football in the pub before and after? Well, the only thing that concerns me a little bit, you know, you, uh, as an Everton fan, I've not seen many crowds go crazy uh, this season, but, you know, when goals are scored, people and limbs go flying everywhere. Is Grandad going to be OK? Because his hair is not 100% attached to his head after the operation Richie and I did to repair his face. <laughs> I think if there's one thing we've learned from the last couple of days is that Grandad's limbs not only fly everywhere, but fly off. And if they've been repaired once, they can be repaired again. That's the attitude. That is the attitude. <laughs> he won't be getting up to celebrate any goals, though, because we have physically glued him to his chair. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. That's OK. The, 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 the chair can be raised high in the air, kind of. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> It'd be on match of the day. That would be so good. Thing in the air. <laughs>
Well, you, you never know who Grand might bump into, but look, there's there's a lot of people around about Brentford, so look, who knows what might happen and who he may meet. Bowled over by how many of you want to offer a home, take Grandad on a tour, Grandad our show mascot, uh, and we're looking for some adventures for him for the rest of the Easter holidays. A huge thank you to everyone who gets in touch with this show on email. We know a lot of you listen via the podcast as well and get in touch with us on email, hometime at absoluteradio.co.uk. Uh, Sophie James from Hull has done just that. Listen to this. She says, Dear Bush and Richie, I heard Grandad is looking for a day on the Raz. The girls and I are going out on a big day out on Sunday around Hull. I thought this would be ideal for Grandad and his recovery from the unfortunate glue surgery to his head. The whole day is booked. The booths are in bars, are pre-booked. The taxis are arranged. We've got a WhatsApp group. We even shared menus so we can decide and pre-order food together. The day is organised to the max, which I know the elders, such as Grandad, will appreciate. She goes on. Grandad's in safe hands. Fernie Fern is a nurse and on hand for any advice on fishermen's friends. Devils (laughs) works in a bank, so there's financial advice on tap. And Katie's a beautician, so she can minimise the effects of the glue. We've got comfy seats. The whole event is 11 in the morning till 7, so he'll be back in time to shut the curtains. And the bar has even agreed to make him a Horlicks chaser. (laughs) What about that? I, I look. I don't mind betting they've got all bases covered with their various roles and all that kind of thing. But honestly, I think that would finish Grandad off. He, she does add uh, he would be the only man amongst six women, and we promise to take good care of him. <laughs> this is Bush and Rich's daily takeaway. This slot in the show, any other business, quite often, and some quite special any other business right now. Cast your minds back uh, about a week on the show when we were talking about stockpiling. I'm stockpiling uh, Cadbury's mini egg. Uh, because they're going to disappear once uh, Easter's over and done with. Uh, We got a call from this gentleman, Mal, who told us what he stockpiled. I still write by hand. I I use a fountain pen. Um, Only recently, yeah, don't laugh. All right, Samuel Peeps. (laughs) Yeah, if if I use a biro, my handwriting's dreadful, but if I use a fountain pen, my natural handwriting's italic. Now, you may have laughed at him, Bush, but you did also say to him to write us a letter with his fancy fountain pen. I did, and it has arrived today, would you believe this, a, uh, a two-page letter written in gorgeous italic handwriting. It looks like a notice from uh, a local bailiff in maybe 1600s. <laughs> it's that well written. But I'm going to read you the letter because it is, it's so, uh, such a lovely letter from Mal's, and we very rarely get like handwritten letters like this. So here we go. Uh, Dear Bush, Richie and Grandad... This is the letter I promised. May I apologise in advance for the 70 GSM quality paper, not the apostolic parchment scroll you may have been expecting. If I am writing, then I may as well take the time to write about something. You'll both have been told on numerous occasions about people liking your show or their show makes you laugh. Well, this is going to go a bit further. Yes, the show is brilliant and you are both loons, but on a personal basis, each day the show helps me. An explanation. Many years ago, I was involved in a very serious car crash, which resulted in me not being able to work for three years. The instant loss of photographic memory and diagnosis nine months later of a brain trauma means that I lost everything other than my fantastic four children. This is not a tale of woe or sympathy-seeking narrative. In fact, the opposite. In 2008, my parents died 12 weeks apart with cancer. My mum was a star and my old man was my best mate and he taught me all the good traits I now have. But after his passing and having to systematically go through his belongings, I soon realised there was so much more that I did not know about this guy as a man. Too late, no one left of his generation to ask. So five years ago, I decided to write a book about my life as I've done some weird and wonderful stuff. This book will have just four copies, one for each of my children, and they can, if they wish, read it and question me on whatever. 
It's a wall-to-nall type thing. Now then, the reason you two are helping with this is that it's taken five years and continues to take me copious amounts of notes due to my missing memory. So each day, any event or situation or conversation will remind me of a past occasion or story which I can then note down for later transfer to the book. Your show and the stuff that you guys natter on about has contributed more than I could ever imagine, so thank you so, so much. Sincerest best wishes from Mal, and he says, P.S., please find enclosed a place card for Grandad if he ever sits at a table. Has she included a little uh, card holder thing for Grandad there like you would if you're having Christmas lunch? Bless him. All of that is just so lovely, so precious, and thank you for sharing, Mal. Amazing. We love it. Thank you, Mal. And if you want to send us a letter, we are here. You know where to find us. This is The Daily Takeaway. So you heard all that correspondence. You want to get in touch. We want to hear from you. You can email us, hometime at absoluteradio.co.uk.